Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. gentlemen and welcome to getting it out podcast that was suffering quota they're a dutch grindcore band and the track out which i just played for you is the leadoff track for their new album their third album collide it's going to release may 26th officially on three different record labels lower class kids records seven degrees records and tartarus records it's 12 songs it's 19 minutes it's fucking grindcore it's uh you know other death metal crust uh, hardcore power violence but let's just call it grindcore that's the easy thing to do and i think it fits the bill great album quick in and out again to start with that song out and i hope you enjoyed it from the netherlands check them out if you haven't heard about them yet link available in the show notes get to know suffering quota i like that name too i like i like the idea of quotas I, I I don't want to get all into it now, but I think it's funny when people say that cops have a quota they got to meet. And maybe they do. I just think it's funny. Anyway, on this episode of the podcast, we're talking to Davey from Vamakara. He plays guitar in that band and they have a new album out. It's out now. It's already out there. It's on closed casket activities. It's called No Roses. No Roses. I said that like someone from Baltimore County. No Roses on My Grave. But first, you know, you know. It's time for New Jersey's own Hot Zone. Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? Get in! 
you know, it's been a couple episodes, at least one since I gave you an NBA playoff rundown and that's going to happen. But first, I want to say thanks to the people that checked out last week's episode with Sean O'Donnell of Youngblood Records. These uh, record label episodes actually go over surprisingly well. And it's really interesting to me when people reach out and say that they checked out a lot of stuff on the label because I had whoever on to interview. And that was the case with uh, Sean O'Donnell and a few people that reached out. A few people left uh, comments. There's a cool way to do that now. It's on Spotify. It says like below the episodes, it says, what do you think about this episode? And I didn't check that stuff. I don't even know how you checked it, uh, but I found out how you look at that now. And it's cool to see some of the comments in there. So if you have any comments about episodes, uh, please do let me know through there. And then I can I can click something that shows them so other people can see what other people said about an episode. If you say something dumb, I'm probably still going to show it. So I appreciate that interaction there. It's a cool way to get feedback. And I've seen a few things on a few episodes. I went back in the history and saw a couple of people have been using it for a little while. So it's very cool to see that. So please do provide that feedback. And as always, you can subscribe, rate and review on whatever platform of your choice. I don't know, man. I don't check that stuff anymore at all. It used to be like something I was desperate for but nobody ever did it. So I don't know, you know, what's my rating on Spotify? I don't know. What's my rating on Apple music, whatever, whatever people use to listen to Apple podcasts. I don't know. But if you could give it five stars, write a nice little review. That's great. If you don't, that's fine too. Uh, I just don't want to be, I just don't want to be out here uh, thinking that I've got three stars when I'm a five star kind of guy, you know, five star recruit like basketball. Let's get to basketball. The NBA playoffs heating up, as they say, most well, all series, the four series that are left are at four games. And that means four different things, of course. The Heat have taken a commanding three to one lead over the New York Knicks. That series will go back to New York, Madison Square Garden here shortly. We'll see if Jimmy Butler can continue his dominance. I seem to think he will. I feel like the Knicks can't get out of this. Maybe they'll push it to six, but you know, I think the inevitable is going to happen. Be cool to see it go uh, two more in Madison Square Garden because those games are crazy uh, energy wise, maybe not necessarily basketball wise, but it feels nuts. So we'll see there. Butler continues his uh, Jimmy Butler playoff shit, man. That guy, that guy has done everything he said he was going to do when he left Philly. And I miss him for that. You know, I thought he was a dick at first. And then it's like, well, you know, some people, some people are just fucking right. And he's been right. So we'll see what happens there. The Lakers last night beat the Warriors 104-101 behind the strength of Reading, Pennsylvania's Lonnie Walker. He had like a 15-point fourth quarter. No one saw that coming, but he did, apparently. LeBron's been getting all this praise for doing nothing. This is, this is really interesting. It's really cool when you get to a point where you can do nothing or relatively nothing. You can do a lot less, and people are like, man, can you do you see how awesome he is? He's doing less, and it's working. And, uh, you know, in a way... That makes sense. Less is more, right? Save it for when you need it. Like uh, apparently he did last night. Big block on Curry. Curry himself had a triple double, but that's not enough. Clay Thompson, nine points. What happens, man? What happens to that guy? I mean, I get it. I got one of those guys that I root for that, you know, can be nuclear and then go straight up cold for a game. Speaking of nuclear, the Suns, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker 
lit up the stupid nuggets the other night. Jokic out there bullying plain old businessmen in the front row. What a what a terror he is. Um, I still yet to watch a Nuggets game. That's not true. I just like to say that. Uh, the Nuggets, though, go back to Denver. The series is tied 2-2. We'll see what happens. Uh, if you haven't seen Jokic push to the Suns owner, Matt Ishbia, really like a lot of things had to happen for that to happen. And I'm glad it happened. Ishbia totally flopped, which is really funny. Jokic barely pushed them at the same time. They're both in the wrong, but I, but here's the thing. I don't give a shit about any of it. Nobody should be fine. Nobody should be suspended. And I think, I think the only thing that happened was a fine for Jokic, but whatever. And now to the most important series, the Philadelphia 76ers have tied it up with the stupid Boston Celtics. And now we're going back to Boston. Game five tonight starts at 7.30. I will be out and about and will be have to be watching on my phone or on TVs that are hopefully above the bar at a Chuck Reagan Frank Turner concert. And that's okay. I can multitask, but, um, but I'm feeling kind of confident. I don't think I should be. There's no reason for me to be feeling confident. I feel like when, uh, when James Harden clicks it in, Man, they win. And uh, big surprise. I mean, that should be common sense. And hopefully they can do that again on the road in Boston. They've already done it once in the series. Why not do it again? Joel Embiid just needs to do exactly what he did on Sunday. And uh, they can surely win this game. I don't know if they will, but it'd be nice. It'd be certainly be nice because beating Boston to me is like the world championship. If they can do that, I don't really need to see anything else. Of course, other than defeating Jimmy Butler in the conference finals and then the uh, who's going to be around, maybe the Lakers, maybe the Nuggets, maybe the Suns, possibly the Warriors. Yeah. So I'm not getting ahead of myself. I just want to see the Sixers beat the fucking Celtics, which is like an insurmountable thing. So we'll see. Everybody hope and pray thoughts and prayers for the 76ers tonight. Anyway. You likely didn't come here to listen to me talk about basketball at all. And I always know that. And I always still do not care. You came here to hear an interview with Davey from Vamacara. They are a Los Angeles based hardcore band. You might call them metalcore band. They might call themselves metalcore band. And that's cool with me. Uh, They have a new album. It's called No Roses on My Grave. It just came out week or two ago on closed casket activities. I spoke to Davey uh, late last week. So this is pretty timely. And uh, we had a cool conversation. I really enjoyed talking to him. He's a very nice guy. And I'm happy to share that conversation with you all now. But first, I'm going to play you a track from their new album, No Roses on My Grave. It's called Miles Away. I hope you enjoy it. And then my chat with Davey. Yeah. 
So, Bamakara. Yes. Is that right? First of all, I got to yes. start there. Yes. And people say Vamakara. Well, that's what we say. Uh, yeah. People say Vamachara. I've heard it both ways, and I don't really care as long as you know who well, you got to tell those other people they're wrong. Yeah. You gotta- well, it's Vamakara. <laughs> we say Vamakara. it's funny because we have a, a song in our, our EP where he says Vamakara, and people still wonder how to say it. It's the it's the first track off the last EP, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was I was listening to that earlier today, and like there it is. Like now now I'm I'm confident I got it right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it seems like it should be right. Anyway, I know you've probably had to go over this a million times. Mm-hmm. What what does it mean? What's Vamakara? Sure, Vamakara is the left hand path in Sanskrit. Um, basically attaining enlightenment of sorts with like uh, but like using a darker path, essentially. Yep. So. That's just we we were thinking of a band name and I was like, hey, I this is cool. And then we went with it. <laughs> it's cool. And it's very original too. Yeah. And uh I think probably the thing about about the name having just a fucking original eye-catching name, especially in hardcore where yeah, uh we know how hardcore bands names go. You could be yes. called uh right left and that'd be like suitable you know yes. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it can be basic and, and and it's also like appropriate a lot of times but like the heavier style that you guys are playing to have a name like this with everything that you bring i think it's i think it's very good representation of yeah what you offer and i kind of i kind of like that even if you don't know how to say it you're at least like well that's that band that i don't know how to say their name but right, whatever right. you just remember it <laughs> right well um you guys have been around for quite a few years, longer yeah. I think than I thought. 2014, maybe. 2013, we played 13? our first show in October of 2013. So we're 10 years this year in October. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool then, because you, you you have a significant amount of material. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it does it seem like it to you? Yeah, I mean we've had a we've had a. We had our demo, which came out in 2014. Uh, we played our first show without releasing any music. And then we recorded um, a proper EP called Laps. And then we did a full length despondent. And then we did a couple singles also. And then we did the um, the Hereafter EP in 2019. And then the No Roses on My Grave album just came out. So We've been trying to stay consistent. Our style is kind of always evolving. So mm-hmm. you just always want to make new music. Yeah. Well, it's not bad output for a band for 10 years for a band in the realm of hardcore too, because we know mm-hmm. a lot of times you maybe get it LP if they get that far, usually right. it's EP split and then that's it. And that's fine too, because a lot of times, again, that's, that's suitable, but I think for your style, which is you know much heavier, mm-hmm. um, 
it, it's it's more impressive to stick around and stay interesting. Yes. And I think you've really done that. Uh, that's Thank basically you. what I'm trying to get to. I listened to No Roses on My Grave a lot. And uh, I know it's just been out for a week now. Mm-hmm. But tell me a little bit about... Well, let's let's go way back. Just and briefly. I don't want to spend too much time on the beginning sure. of it. But when and why did you start this band? And did it... Was there an intention on what you wanted to sound like from the very beginning? Was there any yeah. of the bands that like you were looking like looking at as direct influence. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started the band with uh, my brother. He's, he's no longer in the band, but he was our first drummer and it was actually uh, supposed to be like a, I had a, a previous band before and it was kind of just supposed to be that band redone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we were um, writing, we were just like, let's just start something new. It sounds different. We basically at the time, the the sound of like disembodied and martyr ad wasn't super super huge in right. the scene um i think probably there was like zabalba who had a lot of like disembodied influence um but for us those are bands that we loved like you know and we we're like you know i was like i'm gonna worship fucking martyr ad and shit so i was like that's that's just what i want to sound like and we just that's what we did <laughs> Not a, I mean, other than like you said, Zabalba, not a sound that I would immediately think of as a West Coast sound. I don't even know what that really fucking means, but yeah, it's, you know, especially like coming out of, I don't know, maybe I'm just coming up with some weird generalization on the spot, but like, you know, Los Angeles mm-hmm. area, hardcore, that's not what I think of when I think of that. Yeah, there's no, there's definitely a sound for Los Angeles. Um, I think some bands from here do it like super well, like rotting out is a Los Angeles. It's yeah, like perfect. Yeah. Um, and they, they sound just like Los Angeles and, um, we obviously love a lot of those bands, but for us, it was, it was, it was bands like that where we were like, well, let's just, you know, maybe just do something different. Maybe do something mm-hmm. that's like kind of a little bit more scary or a little bit darker and everything. So we just, we just, again, we're, big fans of disembodied martyr ad a lot of early metal core uh like yeah. kickback and archangel and shit and we were just like let's just do it fuck it do you go as far as to call it metalcore okay. yeah, i mean it absolutely. means like something different but absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah good i would too i used to get in this argument frequently uh, it frequently sounds like too much but i used to get in this argument with people about I mean, this feels, it's like an ancient argument. It was about like what metalcore is, was, and I feel like you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, I probably haven't had it for 15 years, but like, you know, back before metalcore became a whole different thing, mm-hmm. like what we, what everybody calls metalcore now isn't really what it was before. Right. Same thing. I mean, you can say the same thing about hardcore. Hardcore sure. became something that it's not or whatever, vice versa. Um, but, uh, but I still think it's cool when bands who have like a traditional metalcore sound. Like I think you guys do right. Like rep that genre. And it's gotta be, it's gotta suit you well because it allows you to go many different ways. Has you, has, have you found that the case with Vamakara? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've definitely had songs that are a darker, faster vibe. Um, and then we've done songs, especially on the latest album that were heavily influenced by like shoegaze and, Mm -hmm. um, like, a lot of a lot of softer sounds yeah um and 
that to us works well for us with like the genre that we create. Cause I, I think it'd be difficult for some like more straight up hardcore bands to incorporate like a shoegaze part. It might be a little weird, but I think <laughs> for us, it, it makes sense. Like w- when we do a lot of these like parts that have like really melodic chords and shit, uh, people seem to like it and we love to play it. So it works out. Yeah. Well, tell me about the way the band has evolved. I mean, other other than personnel, because obviously there's been a lot of member turnover, but, sure. and I don't mean that negatively. I just mean, yeah. you know, the natural thing. Um, so how has, how do you feel the sound has changed basically from, from the beginning to now? You don't need to go step by step. Sure. I, I think that when we started, we, again, we were super influenced by like uh, Martyr Eating Disembodied. So we always wanted to keep those really, chaotic heavy parts uh a part of our music i think that the riffing has changed as far as like guitars because we decided to every every time we write new material we say let's let's go a little bit less straightforward maybe throw in some some like polyrhythmic type of parts Mm -hmm. and like let's make this like a difficult thing to play um because i think that when obviously there's very simple metalcore and it can be very good but i think that um there's it's kind of like a cheat code you know like you could just do a breakdown with a dissonant and it's like people (laughs) lose their minds so we always especially if you're the right person and you got you know the right people then you're right up to the top Yeah, yeah exactly and and you know there are bands that i think know that that's a a sound that they want to use and they execute it well. And I think some bands go like, well, we don't know what to put here. So we're just going to add a dissonant chord and see Mm -hmm. how it goes. But for our sound, I think we've just, we've just evolved to be more mature, a little bit more chaotic, but like almost calculated. And I think we, especially for this album, we got a, we got in touch with a lot of other like things that we grew up listening to. Like there's, there's a lot of parts on this record that were like heavily influenced by like um, despised icon and like older bands. And Mm -hmm. it was kind of like, I think it was a little bit of a jump for us, but I think we were just like, I remember listening to some of these old borderline deathcore bands, if that's what you want to call it. And we were like, those shows were scary. Like the kids went off at these shows and we were just like, let's just, let's just bring some of that back a little bit. Like, you know, just, just because that's what we kind of grew up listening to also. So um, I think our sound has just really become something that honestly, like I know every band probably says this, but like, it's kind of something of our own, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that, one of the things we also love is we love circle pits and that's because it's we're the West coast, West coast shit. Love you, we don't, love we don't do that out here. Yeah. No, I know <laughs> every single time we play, um, 1720, especially I always call for a circle pit and the whole room is spinning and it's the coolest thing. It's the coolest fucking thing in the world. And I know that like, sometimes I want to go to the East coast and be like, spin around but i know that it doesn't happen you just get stairs i mean you'll get a couple people that'll try you know but it's it's funny it's it's so stupid but it's so funny to have like this no we don't circle pit over here yeah Yeah. oh we love it over here Uh, on the west coast we fucking love it (laughs) you guys are generally nicer people i find so you're just out there having more fun we're here we got to look hard and mean the whole time so if you're running circles right Man, you can't do that. But um, <laughs> the, the you were saying an interesting thing about like tapping into some older influences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that's a really cool thing that bands do eventually. I was talking to, I forget what his name is, but he's on your label. He's in judiciary. He's their singer. Uh, Jake. Um, Jake. Yes. I was talking to Jake doing this and we were kind of touching on something similar where it's like, I think when we're people are making music at first, you're kind of doing the thing that people do when they ask you like, what bands do you like? And you kind of, lie a little bit because mm-hmm. you want to you want it to sound you want to sound legit right you sure, like oh, sure. I, I like the fucking every band from that had a demo in the 80s you know yes and, yeah and then i think but i think that that leaks into music too and it doesn't and you don't fully represent yourselves until you kind of outgrow that that weird like you right. know, embarrassment right. of like stuff that you actually listen to and rock out to and love and have loved right sure so i eventually things start to seep out. And I think that that seems like to be something what you're saying with like a little bit of that death core stuff that you were into before is just getting in here. And I hear it too. And I think yeah. it's good. And I think it's beneficial to your sound. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you've done a lot of touring at this mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys with your sound have got to be able to, I'd say, I'd, I'd assume you have like a pretty wide swath of bands you could jump on with yeah yeah actually that's been super cool because i know that our sound again is is more metalcore and um i think that it would kind of be easy to lump us in with metalcore bands but genuinely we love our hardcore scene um and we're always going to shows where you know uh xavier puts on a lot of shows xavier's our guitarist and he puts on a lot of shows in the area and that's allowed us to really create a lot of good connections and friendships with some bands that don't sound like us at all. And, but I think when we, we decide like, Hey, we're going to play a show with maybe a more straight up hardcore band. It doesn't seem weird. It makes Mm -hmm. sense for us. Um, yeah, there's like, I, I think that cause we've toured with bands like sanction and I love that band, but we've also toured with like creeping death you know, and that's like a more death metal. And, um, on this lat, we just did a tour recently with momentum and, and they're, they're definitely more metalcore, but the more hardcore I think than us. Um, and it's just, it's just cool to be able to have that freedom to basically say like, whatever we want to tour with, we're going to tour with, you know, and that's, that's like really cool. It is, and I think uh, I think people, kids specifically, younger people, are more open to every band being being there because I feel like that stopped at some point. When I was, I'm 38. When mm-hmm. I was going to hardcore shows or whatever, we, we just called them fucking hardcore shows in mm-hmm. very early 2000s. You get you had bands that sounded like everything, right? Yeah. And that was cool. That was fine. And then at some point, it it wasn't anymore. And I feel like it's coming back around where now it's cool. It's fine. You know? And, uh, and I, I think it's shown by the, by the younger kids. And mm-hmm. I think that's a very good thing and an important and vital thing, especially because I don't know about you, but I listen to way more shit than just hardcore or death metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I am, uh, uh, a punisher to all my friends because I'm a huge R and B fan. I yeah. love R and B. It's like, it's like most of the time when I'm putting in my headphones, I'm listening to R and B. So when you say R and B, what do you mean? Um, my favorite artist of all time is Sade. Um, okay. 
a big Brian McKnight fan. I like a lot of current stuff too. I don't know how to say this person's name. It's like Lith or Light. I don't know. It's like L I T H E. Um, uh, I was listening to some. I think her name is Coco Jones this morning. Um, there's a a guy called uh, Jameson. He's awesome. Anything that is like smooth and I can just like just enjoy. I what I do recently a lot is I go to shows like R and B shows by myself. I'll yeah. just I'll just say, hey, this artist is playing. I'm gone. I'm just gonna go buy one ticket. I'll show up, watch them, and leave. Just I just that's the way it. to do it, man. I've seen some yeah. killer shows. Oh, I'd say concerts, you know, big room, yeah. huge shit just by myself. Just, yeah. And some of it has been the best. I mean, it's a different side of the spectrum as far as music, but I went to see Scorpions and Megadeth once just by myself. I saw it was coming down, you know, down the road or whatever. Yeah. And I just saw it that day and I went and it was like the, one of the best Scorpions specifically it was one of the best things I've ever seen live. Right. And it was like, it was kind of even cooler that I was there by myself. Right. You know, like right. it was just like, I, I like, no one else. I don't have to. I'm never going to have anybody sitting here being like, well, you know, it was all right. Like, no, yeah. it remains cool as shit because it was just me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I saw um, recently I saw an artist named Sabrina Claudio by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, she played the Palladium in Los Angeles, which is a pretty big venue. Yeah. And I just pulled up by myself and watched her and then I enjoyed every bit of it. And then I was like, OK. Time to go home. <laughs> that's the other part. You get to leave. You, you just yeah. get to leave. Yeah. I got like, there whenever I wanted. And then I got to leave whenever I wanted. I learned that about going to shows, any type of show at one point, always go by yourself, yeah. go by yourself, leave whenever you want, say goodbye to no one, yeah. you know, just get the fuck out of there. The thing that does suck, especially in Los Angeles is when I have to pay $30 for parking and I'm like, Ooh, well, yeah. I got to pay that by myself. So <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yikes. Well, yeah. all right, let's get, let's go back to, back to the band, specifically sure. the new record, No Roses yeah. in My Grave came out. Was is it a week ago? Not quite a week ago. Yeah. Uh, April a week 28th. ago tomorrow. Yeah. 28th. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, uh, I mean, you guys got a new singer gauge mm-hmm. going into that record, right? That mm-hmm. I have to imagine that was a pretty decent transition. How was, or a, a big transition? How was that? Sure. How'd that go? So, um, gauge started he he was playing bass for us originally um and we in the middle of a tour he stepped up and started doing vocals and it kind of just made sense and we were just like okay let's just keep this going we we wanted to write some new material but it was kind of like it was right at the beginning of the pandemic so we were kind of like well we we can definitely write some new material um but knowing how long it was taking for bands to be able to play shows, release music and everything, we we're like, why don't we just do a, a live album? And we said, this kind of showcases Gage as our vocalist now. And it's just something that we can kind of release in the meantime to like, you know, kind of keep people interested. And so we recorded this live album with Gage and it was awesome. Um, and with the, with the, no roses on my grave gauge. The the biggest thing I think for gauge was that it was cool to do the live album, but it was all old stuff that he really right. wasn't involved in as far as the, the writing process. And he really wanted to be involved. He really wanted to take time, write lyrics and, and think about everything that he could do on his end. And mm-hmm. 
that really shined through on this record. Um, like there was a lot of lyrics that I, I still tell him to this day. I'll be like, yo, this lyric was awesome. Like, I, I love that you wrote this or, um, just, just hearing that he's, he's, his voice is so big, you know, like, and I think that with Xavier and, and I doing guests, like doing a vocal parts where we're uh, not as low, it kind of contrasted well. Yeah. So Gage stepping up and being our vocalist now is, is probably one of those things that like, it was kind of a. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't know how people are going to respond to this because I think getting getting a new vocalist is always a bit weird. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll make, it's a make or break thing. Either it fucking works or people don't care. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, I, or, I mean, don't care in a good way or in a bad way. Mm -hmm. They go, ah, yeah. well, done with it's them. tough. It's tough, but I think that everybody really welcomed him, and it it felt it felt good. Like everybody was like stoked that he was our new vocalist. So it's been awesome. We sounds great. I mean, uh, maybe yeah. this is my, uh, no rose on my grave. I think is the only, uh, only thing that I've heard, heard him do, but mm -hmm. it's, it sounds fucking good to me. Yeah. 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 Sounds awesome. So, so what, what was the, uh, since the record's already out, mm -hmm. I usually ask this before records are out, but I try, try to ask, ask it, uh, retrospectively, like what was the most exciting thing about the release of that record? What were you most looking forward to about getting I, that one out there? I think it was, it was really the evolution of our sound. Um, again, Gage being on vocals. Um, there were like uh, a few parts that I did on the Hereafter EP vocally and uh, Gage was like, no, you're doing more. So that was also really cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just as our sound matured, I guess is the way to say it. Uh, but we really just kind of, we kind of just said like, let's just fucking make whatever the fuck we want to make yeah. and whatever, you know, like if people like it, that's fucking awesome. But if they don't like it, then whatever. So, um, I think that was super cool to be able to finally say like, Hey, we wrote all this shit. And a lot of our friends, again, who kind of grew up listening to old shit that I mentioned, <clears throat> they, um, they've been like texting us or messaging us and being like, yo, I know this part sounds just like this. And we were like, yeah, it does, you know? <laughs> and that's been cool to us too, because it's getting our friends who've kind of been in the scene like a, a long time to be like, yo, this is awesome. Cause this takes me back to when yeah. I was like, you know, younger, like a teenager and everything. And like, that's, that's fucking awesome. That is cool. I mean, as much as, uh, sometimes we act like we don't like nostalgia, 
I think. Yeah. I think it's, it's when you get little hints of it, you know, Yes. You, yeah. you, it, where it's not just total throw. And don't get me wrong. There's some people that, uh, fuck, I can't even think of a band right now, but there is, there are a couple of bands that are like full on throwbacks to whatever era. And it is, it's cool. But when you have it like a large volume of it, it gets a little weird. There's, but, uh, there's two bands I could think of right now that are doing straight MySpace deathcore throwback. Yeah. And it's awesome. Uh, the bands are tracheotomy and tactosa. And those bands, those bands are, it's like straight up like early two thousands, MySpace deathcore. Mm. And it is like, it is fucking awesome. It's like when I was a kid or like a teenager in high school and I heard suicide silence for the first time, though, yeah. that's what those bands fucking sound like. And it is <laughs> like the coolest fucking thing. <laughs> that's all. I, I think one came to mind that I was thinking about uh, semi recently. I, I think they're still doing it, but foreign hands reminds me a ton of yes, like early 2000s metalcore stuff. What we were calling metalcore back then before it became like, like that was like the mid yeah. period before it shifted into this big, big room sound. But yeah, that's the uh, bands like that. That's, that's funny. That's an awesome band. Yeah. 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 No, they are. They are for sure. Is there a, a theme or concept to the songs on No Rose on My Grave? So like as um, a whole? Yeah. So the whole album, we were, we kind of had, we actually, it's really funny when we were writing the album, Gage thought of like the album art and he said, cause we have our crosshairs logo and he was like, I want it made out of flowers. And that kind of fit a theme for us where it was, we've always loved to do like contrasting um, images, like to our sound. Like we make, a, we do a lot of things that might look um, kind of pretty. Um, mm. And then we, our sound is just not. So we love doing that. And I think Gage thinking of the album, um, like art. And then when we were recording, um, we didn't have an album title and then he, he was doing the song nemesis. And then at the end he says, no roses on my grave. And Xavier and I were like, that's it. That's the album title. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's, that's it. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I think overall it was a big thing that changed. And I think especially with gauge doing vocals and writing was, he wanted to make the songs a little bit more aggressive in theme. Um, so uh, there are a lot of songs where um, like deliverance on the hereafter EP, which I wrote the lyrics for in like a deep depression. And he wanted to attack the songs more aggressively with a little bit more of like a, a fuck you kind of attitude, I would say, like to simplify it. Um, <laughs> right. And that was, that was very different for us, but also like super cool. Like it was really cool to be able to like have a different attitude with our songs. It's cool. And I, I, I like it. And I, it definitely has a different, different energy. And yes. I, I, I can, uh, Maybe not everybody would agree, but I, I don't know. I guess any, anytime you listen to heavy music with ridiculous vocals long enough, you get pretty good at uh, pulling out the words. And I can understand what he's saying in a lot of the songs. And that's, yes. I always find that uh, helpful. I always find that very cool. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the, the artwork uh, for mm-hmm. people who haven't seen it. It's a, it's the target, right? Yeah. Crosshairs. Sorry, the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. 
with uh, made out of flower petals. Yes. I haven't, I've only seen it like on, on a phone, maybe sure, on the sure. computer screen too. But so, so I don't know the, the total details of it, but that was, so you said that was his idea. Mm-hmm. How did you, how'd you do it? What was the process? Uh, then? That was, uh, we kind of, I don't want to say we got in over our heads with that, but Gage was like, we're going to build this thing. Like it's going to be a real thing. Like we're going to put it together. And, um, we did, it was like six feet tall or something like that. And like, obviously like six feet wide. And, and when we were, we were putting it together at Xavier's house and while we were doing it, we were like, Oh shit. Like this is kind of fucking, this is a little bit more than we thought. It'd be a lot of flower petals, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We used a lot of material. Um, and it was a lot of trial and error, but then we got basically like, like I would say 60% of where we wanted it to be. And then I uh, Photoshopped a lot of it to Good. kind of, <laughs> to kind of work. Yeah. Um, so it, it came out great. Like we love it. We were stoked yeah. on it, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think that was really cool for us as far as the album art that we actually built that thing. Like I, it wasn't just great. Like, yeah. It wasn't like I just put it together and like Photoshop or something like we, fucking made it so that's cool for us that is very cool i thought i thought you're gonna tell me you had somebody else set it up and photograph it and so that's that's pretty impressive actually to <laughs> to do it the old the old diy ethic yeah still lives huh yeah um you we talked or you mentioned a couple times yourself doing vocals of course gay's doing vocals mm-hmm. and you even brought up the song nemesis when i heard mm-hmm. the song nemesis i'm going who the fuck are all these people singing on here Sure. Who's, who's, what are the vocal parts in there? So at the end, um, the first vocalist is, um, Angel from the band Abrasion. Okay. Um, and and then the second is our friend Chris from, um, Dead Heat. Oh yeah. And then third is, um, uh, Jaffe or Jeffrey, um, from Hands of God. And then the last is, uh, Dan from Downpressor. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, we just that's wanted what, to do a California thing. We're like, <laughs> let's just have California all on this song. That's very cool. I like that. I like the, yeah. uh, uh, it's, but, but I don't think I noticed any other features, vocals, guest vocals on the record. I could be wrong. Yeah, but um, There was Austin from Barry dreams. He's on the song pin cushion. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you know, I th- this is the stupidest thought I've had in a long time, but uh, earlier today I was sitting at work, just sitting in my little cubicle, you know, listening to mm-hmm. aggressive music and Pincushion was playing and I looked at the song title and I, this is so stupid. And I thought that's such a fucking cool looking word for such a, <laughs> such a stupid object. <laughs> like, yeah. What, yeah. What, like, cause I think cause when I first looked at it, I was like, what is a, what is Pincushion? Yeah. Like, what is that? And then I, you know, my brain is like, oh, it's a fucking pin cushion. Like, that's not yeah. that cool. But when you say, like, you know, visually, yeah. it looks pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was Gage's idea. So <laughs> I like, well, I like, he's, he's got a lot of good ideas for, yeah. what I'm, for what I'm hearing. Well, uh, so I've seen that you guys have had a lot of, uh, praise from more mainstream media outlets like uh it's like stereogram or kerrang or even revolver which is all mm-hmm. all good i'm all for all that but yeah. how do you stack up like that type of feedback against like the feedback from where you came from you know what i mean like do you yeah like what do you can what do you want more i guess 
Oh, um, I think it's always cool to get like a, a bigger, a bigger, um, I don't know what you call it. Like exposure. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, always yeah. awesome. Yeah. And you, you love it. Um, I think that I personally would, would rather see people who go to our shows getting crazier and like telling us that they love the album and shit. Like to me, that's definitely, um, that's definitely more important because even though it is cool to get like good reviews or good, you know, ratings from a bigger source, it kind of doesn't really matter if like the shows suck. And to us, right. like, does, how much does it move the needle for you? Is yeah. This, yeah. That yeah. to us, like that's always like our live shows. It, it doesn't matter if there's a sold out show with a thousand people or if it's like 50 kids, if it's going crazy the whole time, like we had a good time. Mm-hmm. That's really all yeah. that matters. Yeah. That's kind of what I figured, but I also know, like, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm saying like, Oh, getting that positive press from bigger outlets is a bad thing. I think that's yeah. great. I just think it's, I think, uh, I think a lot of bands come from the way you came up the way you did came up, you know, the way the style of Vamakara still really respect the, uh, the opinions of there, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's peers, not, is, it, is it peers? That's what it is. Yeah. I was going to say constituents and that's not, yeah. it. that's not, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, it, but, but I, but I also think that sometimes we can let that hold people back, you know, hold a band sure. back by trying to sure. be real. And, you know, like, yeah, they, like there's something about going for it that I think should be more well-respected and regarded and pushed. And like, if you can yeah. fucking make this thing work outside of here, then you absolutely should. And I think we're seeing more and more of that coming out of hardcore. That's- yeah. I, there's, there's a lot of bands right now in hardcore that are doing huge things, you know, and that's awesome to me. If that band is staying true to whatever they are. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't be more stoked for like friends of ours who are like doing huge festivals and, and mm-hmm. touring like fucking almost like, nine months out of the year or something. And it's, it's more than ever too. It's yes. Yeah. And that's awesome to me because you know, if they're, if they're, if it's just their music and their sound and who they are uh, as a live performer, that's catching on and people are liking it. They can, they can get as big as, as they fucking can. I think it is a little bit different when like somebody uses like hardcore to kind of grab a little bit of attention. And then like, once they have it, they're like, okay, now we're, you know, a totally different band. Because that's what, that's what can get us huge. Like that's, that's a little weird, but as long as you're staying true to your sound and who you are, I don't care how big you get. That's awesome. You know what I, you know what I find? And I agree with you. You know what I find the, the, the bands that are trying to get that little bit of hardcore attention and use that to like, you know, as a stepping stone Mm -hmm. typically aren't hardcore bands. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, and I don't mean that. I, I mean, that's sonically like sure. you on first listen, you wouldn't say that's a hardcore band. You might say that's a death metal band or that's a, uh, oh, I don't know what they're calling the nineties stuff that people are doing now, like a mm-hmm. grungish band, hardcore adjacent sure. as a term people like now. But, uh, but yeah, it's cause, well, I guess it's hard to, uh, leave hardcore if you are a hardcore band. So, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so that makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, we talked about touring a bit. You guys have done quite a few tours. Mm-hmm. Are there any bands or people that you've toured with that have made like a positive impact and maybe changed the way that you operate as a band or even just a musician? Um, yeah, 
I would say that um, I would say one of our favorite bands to tour with is Judiciary. Um, those those guys have like a really good fun energy, you know. And we've toured. Uh, I think we've toured a couple of times with them in the U.S. And then we also toured your with them in 2019, I believe it was. And like that's just a band that uh, they just go out and just have fun. And like, yeah. I think that's, I think sometimes it's easy. And I, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of hard on my band and myself where like, if the show wasn't like super crazy, I'm like, oh, that show sucked. But <laughs> at the same time, it's like, it's not, it's like, it's cool. Like some shows are going to be awesome and some shows are going to be a little slower. And it's like, you're out there getting to fucking play these shows and, and travel the world. And that's sick. And I think that, um, like judiciary is definitely one of those bands that just kind of showed me at least like just have fucking fun with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of our favorite bands to tour then we only got to tour with them once was sanction. And, and again, those, t- uh, lumpy, I don't know if you've ever spoken with lumpy, no, but no. lumpy, uh, my favorite thing with him is that he is tapped into every good coffee shop in every fucking city. <laughs> so I'll, I'll text him whenever we get to whatever say about like, coffee and he'll be like right here. And then he's, he's just, I think again, that's just like a, Hey, we're out on the road. Yeah. Like let's just enjoy being out on the road type of a thing. And then also another band we've toured with a couple of times that I take a lot from is year of the knife. <laughs> and I think that is because that is a band that is very DIY. Um, like I know that they're, their members like design their merch and like, well, it takes a lot. Sorry. It takes a lot to come out of Delaware. We have no respect for Delaware around here. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm being facetious, but yeah, no, it's Delaware, you know? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go back to what you said. I want to, I want to get the nice things in about them. I I have no beef with them at all. I just have beef with Delaware. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, I remember we, we stayed with, um, Maddie and Brandon on a tour and they were like, I was like, so like, what do you guys like do? And they're like, go to Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Get on 95. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But um, again, that's, and that even them being from Delaware is like cool because that's again, small. And you know, you kind of have to really kind of bust your ass to like make a name for yourself and it's coming from such a small place. And I think that, the pride that I see a lot of Delaware hardcore bands have is like awesome. You know, yeah. like they rep Delaware, like super hard. And that's, oh, cool. and that's it's stronger than ever from down yeah. there too. So oh, I'm giving shit to Delaware, but the, and just like when I was like most active around here, there was basically one band from Delaware. Well, there was two mm-hmm. voice that's fire was one, but the, but the one like heavy hardcore band was dead and buried mm-hmm. uh, who, who were great. And, uh, but that was like it. And otherwise yeah. there was, there'd be shows in Delaware, but you always had issues with Nazis always. Yeah. Um, it was like, you know, but like that corner of Maryland is like that too. So it would, mm-hmm. so, but it, it didn't seem like a lot of stuff came from Delaware for a long time. And maybe I was ignorant to the stuff that was, but, sure. but there is now that now that they've got a strong thing happening there. And I think that's pretty cool. Dude. It's awesome. I, again, I think it's really cool when, when, because for, for, for me, and I know this is probably going to piss some people off. I think that Los Angeles is the greatest place in the world. And so we've all, we all have bad opinions. (laughs) So so 
for me, it's like I like I come from this fucking huge city where um, I'm just stoked to live here. Um, And, you know, I think when you're in a, a such a big city and the scene is so big also like we've had mm-hmm. nights where we'll have a bunch of hardcore bands or metal bands playing like four or five sold out shows in one night and everywhere's yeah. doing great um so i think like it's kind of easy to sometimes come from from here and like your band is doing really well because like it's kind of built in with the scene like the, mm. the scene is awesome and there's so many people so i think when you come from a, a place that's a little bit smaller and you can get it thriving like that's really cool yeah, no, it is. It is. And I, I, uh, being here where I'm, I'm at, so this doesn't, this probably won't make any sense to you, but I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which is an hour and a half outside of Philly, about an hour and 45 North of Baltimore. But growing up, I lived in a part of Pennsylvania where I was 45 minutes from Baltimore. I lived in Baltimore for a very long time. And, you know, like basically what I'm getting to is, over on the East coast, it's like, it's probably very similar to the way you just described Los Angeles, where you don't got to go far in this pocket mm-hmm. to find great shows or, you know, it's always, it's always mm-hmm. there. The bands typically do pretty well. And, uh, so, and I, and I, I don't feel for the rest of the country because I'm a jerk or you know, just like <laughs> unsympathetic, but like, like, I just, I know that I'm, I'm missing that. It's, at least I'm trying to be aware that it's got to be harder for other places to sure. have their come up, you know? So sure. when there's a place like uh, right now, like Arkansas seems mm-hmm. to be little rock would, would stand and terminal nation, all those guys mm-hmm. have going on there. And that their thing that they've got coming up, that scene is so cool to see uh, what, what uh, Devin and rejection pact and all those guys in Boise are doing like, you know, th- that thing coming up, that's cool. And I think mm-hmm. that's why it makes those little areas so special, but it's also cool shit that you could just start a band in Los Angeles and, you know, yeah. Make it right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's very cool. And, and the thing is too, is, is again, it's such a big place that, you know, I, I think that if you can get connected with the right people and like, you know, you, I think a big thing that some people forget is that promoters and, and, and like people really involved in the hardcore scene, they know who's coming to shows, you know, they know who's supporting other bands in the scene and everything. Like you you could see it. And I think that, I think that for a lot of my friends who put on shows, when they see, Hey, this, this kid and his friends started a band and they're coming to all of our shows. They're like, let's throw them on a show. Let's put them on a big, a big lineup that's coming through so that they can get a shot to like, showcase and that's something i think is really cool too is like it's not a lot it's not like gatekeeping you know to be like oh well like you're not in a cool group like i'm only booking my friends type shit it's like you're coming out you're supporting our scene you're you know involved you got a band all right let's let's get you on a show that like can get you in front of some people and that's like that's really cool about los angeles also is there a band that did that for you guys oh yeah uh zabalba Zabalba yeah. was a big band that did us that for us. Um, and uh, Forced Order, when they were around, mm, that yeah. was another band. They would, because we were big Forced Order fans. Mm-hmm. So we were like, started playing shows. And they're like, hey, we're going to get you guys on some shows and shit like that. And that's always been cool because, you know, like for, for bands to kind of give back 
to a smaller, a smaller group is like, I think that's super important. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even kids now, um, come to shows and, and like, if they, we play a show and they're like, Oh, good set. Like I'll, I'll tell them, I'll be like, Hey dude, like I see you around all the time. Like, thanks for like coming out and like really supporting the shows. Like that's fucking sick. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's, it's important, you know, to like acknowledge like those who are actually coming around and, and contributing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as, as, as dumb and basic as it all is, everybody needs that positive reinforcement. You know what I mean? Sure. And if you sure. keep showing up to shows and nobody acknowledges you or gives a shit that you're there, eventually you're not going to come. And when they stop coming, this, you know, the scene that it's all built on just gets weaker. So it's yeah. important to acknowledge the people that are there, especially mm-hmm. when hardcore is built as this thing that's all inclusive. Everybody's the same. We all know for sure that that's not always the case. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there's, yeah. there's clicks and crews and, and a pecking order and a hierarchy mm-hmm. and, it's all there. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's very cool to hear that you guys, you're cognizant and aware of that and are doing actively doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I think also like, as far as like, again, I've lived in Los Angeles for my whole life and the scene is always been good. Um, and that's a blessing for sure. But it's really cool to also see like scenes around us, like, like using that mentality and like giving back. And like, um, I think one of the ones that comes to mind is Las Vegas. The Las Vegas scene has been so fucking cool recently where like, we'll have a tour or whatever. And we're about to like, we're all we're looking forward is to is, is getting to go to Vegas and play it. And like, I think the first time we played Vegas, we were a little bit skeptical because we heard a lot of like bad things at the time. Like, different beers and shit and it was a friend of ours who was like no i'm gonna bring you out and like we're gonna take care of you and and uh he works for a a company called uh black path and ever since then whenever we play vegas because we've seen where bands were like don't go to vegas it sucks you know and now now when we see that this scene is insane it's awesome we always we always make sure to show vegas some love I I don't know. I don't have a lot of ties to Vegas or knowledge about the Vegas scene, but the guys that I was always in touch with there were the Folsom fellows, Stu, in mm-hmm. particular. And, and mm-hmm. now he's got Spirit World going, and that seems to be seems to be kicking. But even he was the guy that would send me stuff. He would send me demo tapes from uh, Vegas bands, you know. So yeah. that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, that spot's awesome. kicking. All right, um, let's wrap it up on this. Sure. What's ahead in the year for Vamacar that you can? So we can't say, um, we're definitely doing some tours. We started, um, we started submitting to a couple of tours recently right now confirmed. We have, um, this is hardcore in August, which is going to be awesome to be back at. Um, and then we will be in Europe for, uh, uh, a couple of weeks in June. So that's something that we're really looking forward to. I think, again, we haven't been there since 2019. So Awesome. And then other than that, I, I think, oh, our record release show is, is in a couple of weeks, uh, March, or I'm sorry, May 19th um, in San Fernando. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, Davey, thanks for doing this. And thanks for making the music that you make. I love it. Dude, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Davey of Vamakara. The song you just heard, How Long Until It Kills Me, off of their new album, No Roses on My Grave, on closed casket activities available everywhere right now. Very cool looking record. Go get yourself some of that fancy vinyl from the closed casket activities store. I'm sure it's out there on the internet and easily accessible. And I don't need to direct you every step of the way. Come on, man. Sometimes when my kids empty the dishwasher, they want to know where every little thing goes. And I think that's ridiculous. Just figure it out. You can figure out how to Google. I can figure out where dishwasher stuff goes. Although sometimes I get it wrong too. So who am I to criticize? Anyway, thanks to Davey for the chat. Thanks to you for the listen. Have you yourself visited gettingitout.net recently? If not, you should have. There's lots going on there. As always, not just the podcast, there's reviews and music news, gets your tour wrap-ups, find out what's going on in the world of underground and extreme music. Check out stuff, man. New review up there from Rick for Wizard Tattoo, the stoner rock-ish band, take you on a bit of a journey. I forget what the record's called, but you can Google that too. I've got a lot of cool episodes coming up this month on the podcast. Some I'm very excited about. One or two that I've been in the works with for quite a while. We are back on track with the record label uh, Spotlights, uh, Youngblood Missed by a week, but it was technically part of the April schedule, I'll say. So... May is already in the books, and uh, we'll be talking to Jad from Magnetic Eye Records, mostly about their Redux series, which if you're familiar with that, they've got a new one coming from Sound- on Soundgarden's Super Unknown record, which is very exciting. And uh, I got one from a Pennsylvania hardcore band that I really love. I'm looking forward to that one. What else? Some other stuff I can't tell you at the moment, but that's Okay. Maybe some guests that have been here before, but it's been a while, quite a few years. Either way, you'll just have to keep coming back and seeing what's happening on Getting It Out podcast. But I'm going to end this one here now. But first, I'm going to play you a song as I do. This one is from a band I've played before, but not in a little while. This band is called Sinister Feeling. They're based out of Baltimore, Maryland. They call themselves Power Violence, and that's okay with me. This song is called Peace Alone. It's off of their 2023 promo. Check it out. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.